The event is so momentous that historians may one day view it as a landmark in the decline of the British Empire. The Beatles are breaking up. Welcome back to All Pods Must Cast. I'm Jack. I'm Kai. And we're back, baby. With McCartney 1. Episode 2. The second Beatles solo record post-breakup. Yeah. yeah. On this podcast, we're going to be covering all of them. Um, them. This is only episode 2, so, you know, but our ambitions are high. We're going to get to all the things you want to get to. Traveling will All the pods you want to cast. We'll be casting. McCartney 2, McCartney 3. Not today, though. No, no, we'll get to that. We're, we're, we're definitely going to get to it, though. We're keeping... We've got ambitious goals, but we're, we're, we're being humble today. We're sticking to one out. Yeah, and honestly, I yeah. really would prefer if we didn't talk about anything else. Um, but true. McCartney won for the rest of the We can stay so we're on gonna, track and be serious. So that would be yeah, a win. Yeah, I really don't really want to get sidetracked um, and get off topic. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to... That gonna, being said... We're talking about McCartney today, baby. <laughs> oh, Paul man. McCartney's We're finally getting first. to it. A um, little bit of information that we asked ourselves whether or not we were going to divulge to you. Um, but we've, we've surely practiced this, yeah. talking about this record. We're um, old hats at this point. Yes. Uh, this is only our second episode of this podcast. Um, but we already have a lost episode. Yeah. Um, sort of our Due to own... technical difficulties and um, an absurd amount of rambling. Yeah. Um, it was not a great episode. <laughs> so we're going to hit it again. Um, and this time and this we... Really yeah, it's going to be really fucking good. Yeah. Your socks are going to be off. And you're going to be thinking your dogs about this will album be out. in a completely different way. Yeah, probably. I mean, episode. maybe not. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Every time I laugh, I feel like I need to back away because I'm going to... Make the I'm gonna clip on listener? the mic and people are like, ah oh oh yeah yeah that's true I mean <laughs> I think I think I I don't listen to any other Beatles podcast but I think our vibe we're like the nice lounge coffee shop sure you know sure yeah you know I I don't know yeah like I say I don't listen to the other ones but oh well, I do here and there okay and everywhere sometimes now now and then now and then which every now and then timestamp this just came out. We might get to it. Who knows? <laughs> what? Yeah, we might. We might. We might, we might First, talk about we it. need to fucking talk about I hope about y'all are enjoying now and then. Yeah. But um, no, I but love we, now and then. But, he, he, you know, I we're already getting off track. I said true. that maybe two minutes ago. Less Look, than that, probably. We already recorded this episode. That is, that is the elephant in the room. <laughs> and due to severe technical difficulties... <laughs> As in, it did not sound good, and we did not feel As in, good about it. I forgot to plug in his um, audio interface adapter, so, so it recorded it on the laptop mic. Two guys talking <laughs> into a laptop mic, which you know, recording a podcast is always a is already a little bit. Isn't that the one thing that's that's beneficial about listening to a podcast? That it, it's really nice audio quality. That's like half the appeal of podcasts. Right. Like half otherwise, the appeal of the podcast was already lost when we didn't plug it in, and we talked for an hour fifteen minutes. Guys. Because let's let's face it, we're already two assholes rambling on about <laughs> something we we like, but but that becomes. You know, we rambled apparent. so much that I'm pretty sure we said ramble on in the last episode, and I said good baseline. And um, I, I probably said that's not the band we're here to discuss. No, yeah. 
Anyway, McCartney won. McCartney. We won. hope you guys like the album to begin with. If, you know, if you if you want to uh, feel more involved in this podcast or relate to this podcast a little more, um, we could recommend you going to listen to that album first. But if you know if you haven't heard it and you just want to listen to us talk about it and you've not even heard the album, then that's that's great too. Um, we you're, recommend. You're, you're probably going to be a little lost in the specifics, but you know what? Aren't we all? We recommend Aren't you we all listening to this podcast in order to form your opinions about most things in your life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so McCartney. Yeah, you you go ahead and okay. give your overall thoughts. Give my give on my this general record, on this opinions. beautiful record. Um, I generally speaking in general terms, I really like this album. I think it's messy. I think it's a little bit all over the place. I think it's a little bit inconsistent. There's yep. definitely some filler on there. Uh, um, yes. but the highs are really high. And, and the lows are pretty, they're pretty low. They're, yeah, they're, they're I mean, low. they're not, they're boring. This, they're not offensive. Yeah, they're but, not offensive. They're just boring. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the shagginess and hodgepodge nature of it is why it's so charming and why it's so surprising um, at this point in his career. And a lot of the songs are really solid. And I like, to me, this is sort of taking a, 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 a walk through the mind of a genius like Paul McCartney, where there are a lot of little snatches of ideas. Some are more fully formed than others. Um, but you're getting a, a, a look at a, a mind that's kind of always on the move and always thinking of new things and new melodies and working things out, and it's a very always. Yeah, and this is the first. the The biggest thing is that you get to you get to hear that and see that in the Beatles. Um, but this is it's you can see it so much more and so much clearer in this picture because Paul is doing everything mm-hmm. himself, which is um, the most probably the most unique thing about this among the first Beatles solo records of this year is that everyone else is hiring amazing session players to come in, even bringing other band members. Ringo right. on All Things Must Pass, and Ringo on Plasticona Ben. Um, but Paul says no to all of that, and he plays every single goddamn instrument himself, it's which is almost is kind of it's kind of funny because it's like he it, 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 there are points in the Beatles' career where it's almost like he was kind of trying to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look at the point. credits of some of the songs, and it's like George guitar, John vocal, Paul bass, piano, cowbell so and so and so you know and whether that's due to his ambitions or um diverging from the others or just practicality (laughs) like who knows but i think this is you know this is the first true solo album yeah that and i don't know you know how many other people did this but it's it's definitely unique in the discography of all four for these guys you know yes unique in some other ways too but i would say that's one of the most obvious ones if you guys didn't know that already right the thing that yeah one of the reasons he i think he calls it mccartney to begin with and the thing that makes uh the conditions of making his um future mccartney two and three of this trilogy is that he plays all of the instruments um no one else is playing any instruments and in a way that kind of is indicative of their dynamic at this point it kind of feels like those three versus paul um at this Uh point and like you say, they're playing on each other's records. Um, they're hiring each other and still friendly. And it doesn't really feel that way with Paul. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that's yeah, one of the reasons that it's it's so obvious that this is separate from the other three. Mm-hmm. 
And the other thing about this album, I mean, the arrangements are so stripped down and shaggy that, you know, we've already talked about. It it feels almost rebellious against his arrangements with the Beatles, Mm -hmm. which are so grandiose and symphonic. This, you know, definitely has the vibe. He recorded some of this during the Get Back sessions. This has the vibe of him coming home and just wanting to experiment, wanting to just try new things, but but not have to be so grand yes. and, you know. Yes. Don't want to step on your tail, but actually... Um, just... Uh, Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure... I mean, maybe he was experimenting with recording it, but the official recording did go on, I think, from December of 69 to February of 70. So I think he was writing at that. He was writing some of mm-hmm. it at that time, but we don't know exactly if he was recording any of it at that time. But that's what's yeah. funny about this album is that because a lot of it was done at home, most of it was done at home, is that we don't have exact dates like we do about every single Beatles thing we do before this. I mean, I have a book where you can look at exact dates where every session was recorded and mixed. And this, mm-hmm. it's like we, we don't really know when he did that. Um, it was all at home. He was doing it on his own time. And it and it lends to that idea of we're just sort of taking a peek inside his process, inside yeah. his mind. Yeah. Also, is this the first bedroom, pop bedroom rock yeah. record? Because <laughs> you do, you, I mean, you hear this kind of thing all the time now. Yeah. People do so, this all and, the But time. in 1970, this is such a shock. Right. This is so contradictory to what Paul has been showing mm-hmm. he's amazing at. The last thing fans heard from Paul McCartney was his contributions to the Abbey Road medley, mm-hmm. which were extremely significant. Um, if, you know, him and George Martin pretty much led that entire thing. And so I think what a lot of fans were looking for was that a continuation of that, maybe an entire album like the Abbey Road medley. Maybe mm-hmm. it's all symphonic and all grandiose, but Paul does the exact opposite. And it's almost like when you're listening to it, or when I've been listening to it recently, is it like, is it, did he do that by accident just because, you know, he had to do a lot of it at home mm-hmm. and he felt like he needed to go home or is he doing it on purpose to kind of, I think it's intentional. I think it is. Yeah. What fans may think of him. Right. You know? I think, I think he's definitely trying to separate himself from what he's most known for and what he's most famous for mm-hmm. and trying to take a step away from that very intentionally. Yeah. Um, and especially at this point, taking a step away from writing without, John or with yeah. other people around, really, yeah, except or, for Linda. But yeah, um, if, without anyone to check him on anything either, mm-hmm. without anyone to say, "Hey, you know what? That goes on a little too long." Right, right. Um, yeah, he's, he's you're not he really, really going anywhere melodically with this. Maybe we should cut this. <laughs> and in a way, you know, that adds to its it weird does. unevenness, and, and it, it adds to the project as a whole. It, right. It's kind of like as much as it can, like some of the instrumentals, like. Um, Miss America and uh, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day can get a little bit like ugh, redundant and over like overdone by the time it goes on for four minutes. Miss America, mm-hmm. um, it's part of the appeal collectively. It's like it's you wonder like, well, if those weren't on it, what kind of w- it would change the vibe of the record too? Right, because right. it's it's almost like hearing that is part of this whole um, like understanding where he's at. It adds to the charm of it, yeah. definitely. There's definitely, yeah. The charm is probably uh, one of the reasons I like this record the, the most over yeah. a lot of other um, Beatles, post-Beatles solos, solo albums at this time, is that it has so much charm and so much just kind of like 
loveliness uh, embedded into it. And it is funny because so many of these early solo efforts really are them trying to figure out what they are now and trying to Mm -hmm. experiment with new things. And they are messy and they're weird and risky. This is definitely one. Plastic Ono Band is, you know, definitely messy and weird. Um, and I think the kind of two narratives that I see in this album, I gotta take off my, yeah, my I'll, sweatshirt. I'm I'll, sorry. I'll stall for you here. The two narratives that I see in this album that are kind of contradictory, but are, are what's happening in his life at the same time is a, this dissolution of this thing that's shaped his life for the better part of a decade. Um, and his devastation and heartbreak from that. Yeah. Um, and B him building a family and yeah. having this home life and having his partner and yeah, children. He, he gets married to Linda mm-hmm. and Linda's pregnant and he's yeah starting his, his life away from the Beatles um, at the same time that he's like just utterly heartbroken. And mourning this and, collaborative. Yeah, it's said that a lot of times he couldn't even get out of bed. He kind of falls into like uh, a little bit of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. in terms of trying to get over this. And I think he's just taking it very hard, especially the fact that it seems like there's separation from him and the rest of the group. And I feel like he's especially feeling that separation with John. Yeah, he's, he's, he's isolated. He's lost not only his best friend, but also his um, writing and music partner. I mean, mm-hmm. the writing had been dissolving over the past couple of years, but at least, you know, John was still there. And his name's and we see on him get the record. Back. Yeah, yeah, and his name's on the record. He has someone to stand behind. And even, like, you see in, in Get Back, the documentary, you see, like, even though they're not necessarily writing together, they still are offering a lot of constructive feedback mm-hmm. on each other's work. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason Don't Let Me Down is the way it is is because Paul had so much of a say in the arrangement. And the, and you see John helping Paul write the words to Get Back. Mm-hmm. Any, but none of that's here anymore. He, he doesn't have anyone to stand behind or feel supported by. I mean, he has Linda. Right, and that's She the thing. becomes more of a musical companion, but at this time, I think he's feeling just very alone in all right. his senses. But, and that's the, kind of the weird paradox of this album and where he is at this point, is, yeah, on one hand, maybe he feels separated from that life and he's, he's mourning this thing. Um, but on the other hand, he is building his family. He's very happy with Linda and with his children. Um, and he's taking some time to focus on who he is maybe as a husband, as a father, um, and that comes through on these songs, I think, uh, which might be a good segue into the first yeah. song. La, 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 lovely Linda. The lovely Linda. What do we think of this? I okay, So this song, a little bit of background on this song, it was um, really only done to test out all of the recording equipment and instruments um, with his setup at home. And so originally, I don't even think it was intended to be a track for release or a track to really mean anything. And I think that's one of the reasons it's, you know, like less than a minute. Um, but I also think that's part of the immense charm of this song is that mm. it's just like, who knows if he just came up with this on the fly, if he had this in his back pocket. Um, but it's it's so lovely and so indicative Literally. of... <laughs> it is so lovely. I didn't think about that. So indicative of... Um, like just kind of the childlike um, awe that I think he's left in mm-hmm. um, by his newfound love. And I think it shows like how he's fallen into like kind of like this naive um, young lad who's I mean, the found the woman of his dreams. Yeah. 
is yeah absolutely that and i mean it sounds like something he would be humming in the bathroom yeah you know uh-huh. it's so casual and kind of thrown off it's less than a minute long but it's it has barely any words yeah with the lovely flowers in her hair it's it's very innocent yeah mm-hmm. it's very innocent songwriting um and very i mean yeah should we talk about linda a little bit too yeah um, let's yeah let's no, get into it linda my favorite beatles side character i would say mm. if george martin doesn't count i would, I would or giles martin doesn't count. I, I put yoko up there for me and um <laughs> yoko billy preston <laughs> billy preston yeah linda um but so i love linda to be clear she's lovely yeah that's um they met in uh 1967 um the first time was a couple nights before the Sgt. Pepper's release party. They met at a club, and then Paul ended up inviting her to come with his friends to another club or something. I can't remember. But, um, of course, Paul was dating Jane Asher at the time. So this doesn't look great on his behalf, this story. But I think he kind of immediately, uh, maybe not fell for Linda, but was very intrigued by her. And then a couple days later at the Sgt. Pepper's release party, she's the photographer, and they end up hitting it off, and she takes some of the most amazing pictures of the Beatles, um, in my opinion. Um, Anyway, then they don't see each other for a while until uh, in the fall of um, 1968, after the Beatles just finished recording the White Album, um, Paul flies to New York to see her and stay with her for a few weeks. They end up falling so madly in love that he goes back to London, and she follows him there shortly after to move in with him, with her daughter. And something I, I didn't really realize about Linda um, prior to doing, like, looking into this stuff for this, you know, show, is we think about the discourse surrounding Yoko and how kind of reviled she still is a little bit yeah. in popular culture mm-hmm. um, and how much people just have this hate for her. Yeah. Um, Linda took a lot of uh, uh, public beating you know discourse wise people did not like her no especially when they got married it was almost like a lot of people didn't even know that they were a thing to begin with and people people blamed her for the breakup of the beatles i think yeah not as as in an obvious way as you right right still definitely part of it she took and and especially once they started really making music together in wings and stuff i think people really and, criticized her. Uh, yeah, I just think, I mean, it has a, a lot to say about Yoko too, but mm-hmm. a lot to say, we'll get to that. <laughs> a lot to say about Linda and the fact that it doesn't seem to ever really get to her. She doesn't show that it does. She's never really spoken out against it or tried to necessarily defend herself because she knows she doesn't have to. Yeah, she took it in stride pretty yeah. well. And um, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Wings, but props to her for sticking yeah. to it. And we love Linda. Committing You're to so it. lovely. Um, and it is interesting that Paul and John are sort of on these parallel tracks. Yeah, of um, both finding, like, all of a sudden falling madly in love, even though they were mm-hmm. in long-term relationships before. Right. But finding a new a new kind of relationship that they fall madly for. And, and uh, around the same time. Romantic partnership that also becomes their, their muse and sort of their main collaborative. Yeah, and their influence force. and support in a way, a, a strong-willed support. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because it seems like John kind of almost like willingly falls into Yoko's arms. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I think maybe Paul doesn't even willingly, I think he has no choice but to fall into Linda's arms when the Beatles break up. I think he had no one left to really, you know, turn towards. And it's interesting that, you know, both Linda and Yoko are already 
artists in their own field. Yeah, and successful and, ones at that. Too. Right, right. They're well known for their respective things that they do. And they're sort of brought into this pop music world as outsiders, mm -hmm. as ingenues, and then become, like I say, the main collaborative force between two masters of yeah. pop music. And yeah. and they both go in really odd directions. Yeah, and I think that's that. a lot of reason they're blamed for almost like taking them away from each other. Right, which is it's just silly. That's, yeah, it's not really how that happened. I yeah. think it was I bound to happen at some point. Right. Whoa. And I, I will talk about this with the Plastic Ono band, but I think if you, if you are somebody who believes Yoko Ono, broke yeah, up the grow Beatles, up. I don't think grow I don't up, think do they would, I don't think anybody like that would be listening to this show. To Maybe know, to be honest, who knows? Um, are you out there? Email us. Email us. Email us, please. Um, we need to change make your ways. Email. We need to make. We don't have an email yet. Get educated. Um, um, we'll we'll let you know when we have an email. But the lovely um, window, good song. Yeah, good. It, weird way to start this off. I can imagine people in 1970 yeah and I, one of my favorite things about how immediately starts is you can tell there's a track um that starts before the rest of it does it's these like condos or bondros and they almost like cut to start it's just like immediately like mm. and it, there's a second of it before the song actually starts if you listen for it, it's like la, la, la. and i i love it it's it's very I've charming it's very like oh that was uh this this was obviously kind of thrown together at home and it wasn't um like spent a hundred hours editing and, and mixing it was just kind of it's a patchwork it, of a, yeah, a bunch of different is. textures yeah. and sounds and ideas yeah and uh man that would be something that would that'd be, be something. something the second Meet track on this and the fallen rain um let's yeah let's just get that out of the way that's the best part of the song yeah i, I um, it's so satisfying paul scats to hear him um, making those vocalizations and he's like doing uh, the drum patterns that I've kind of speculated uh, was like he doing that to let himself know when to do the fills and then that was going to be taken out later and then it was so cool they left it in or did he do that with the drums after they'd already been done? Well, I don't know, um, but it's awesome. It makes me think of the last minute of Hello Goodbye. Yeah, and also some hey, of the demo, yeah. the early takes and the Escher demo of Obladi Oblad Die. Okay, does the same yeah. thing. He does. Yeah, I, I, I love when he does that. It's, he also does uh, it on Another Day. Which does we'll he? talk about soon. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, I love when he does it. Yeah, so it satisfying. is. It really about is. about Paul doing chat chat um, And it speaks to, I think, the way his brain works in terms of melody mm -hmm. and rhythm and being able to yeah. come up with something really catchy. Yeah. And I think the, the, the Paul is, uh, his musicality really shows because I feel like he's also doing that as a, as a way of like subdividing. Right, 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 right. He's feeling it. Yeah. Um, and I think. You know, this is kind of the first song we hear his one-man band sound. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that I like a lot about this style is his percussion uh, yeah. playing. He's he's a really it's unconventional. Yeah, and he honestly is yeah. an unpracticed amateur. Right. Not that right. he isn't good. He's still good. But um, he's coming at yeah. it from a different angle yeah. of of a trained drummer. Yeah. And it's like Ringo. Even by the time when the Beatles first started, Ringo had been a professional drummer well not mm -hmm. professional in the in a sense that he'd been playing in bands mm -hmm. in clubs every night for years um and paul never had that experience playing drums right. paul's experience playing drums is playing drums whenever he could get the chance and the lazy hours in the studio and the in between days and i think paul on this record is a very melodic drummer and percussionist yeah. and i think ringo is too of course um, yeah. but he he does approach it sort of in a in a almost sing song 
kind of yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And this um, song has some weird kind of noises on it, like the, you know, that that weird kind of tinny crash that he uses. Yeah. It just doesn't sound like a, it sounds like a homemade kit almost. Yeah, it does. It, and it, it sounds it, like a shitty kit. Right, right. <laughs> like it's like Tom Waits stomping on accordions or whatever he does. Like not to that extent, but it, it's an unconventional sounding noise <laughs> <laughs> I, I put a lot of emphasis on that last one even though but it's great yeah that would be something um it's one of my favorite songs on, on this it's album. i the thing is it, even though it is great it it is interesting choice for the second track on the record mm-hmm. because it does it live up to his the songwriting he was doing you know in the last thing we heard from paul which mm-hmm. is abbey road no it really doesn't in my opinion um it's like it's, it's a it's different cool, thing. It's charming. Yeah. Yeah, it's a completely different thing, but also it's not as interesting, not yeah. as complex, in my opinion. And so that it it leaves me kind of wanting more, which I think we do kind of get that a little more in the record. Yeah. Um, and especially like with his next album, I think he's worked himself back into that yes. space. Yes. Um, but for now, I think he really needs to just kind of have a moment of yeah. deconstruction, of yeah. of breaking these things apart. Let him um, and having these love for the smaller minutes, home. yeah, exactly. Uh, smaller moments. I mean, um, this goes into uh, the little instrumental Valentine's Day. Yeah, which is it's just boring. Bit of a dud. It's yeah. a little bit like okay, let's let's get on. It, and filler. like we were saying before, yes, this is it, it. It adds to the charm. There is an appeal to it. I'm not saying it's completely useless. And I'm not saying it doesn't also contribute to the album as a whole. It works as a lead up into yes, the next song. Into every yeah. night. Do you want to say anything about Valentine's Day? I mean, I it's part of the charm of this album to me are the melodic mm-hmm. catchiness of, yeah. of these little fragments. This one doesn't really have anything yes. to grab onto melodically. Other um, than that guitar bend, which is like it's it, but it's so repetitive. The it's like it's it's kind of cool. And it brushes but up against being yeah. a little more experimental than yeah. he usually is, but it's not so far out there that it's yeah. really weird or catches your attention. Yeah. It's just sort of noise. One thing I was saying um, earlier when I was talking to Jack about Paul's lead guitar playing is if you kind of if you notice in in the chances he does get to play lead guitar or do a solo and the Beatles work like Taxman or Good Morning, Good Morning. Um, they come in like so he he uses he kind of relies more on like a flourish or like an unexpected like you know like mm. doing that thing where he like just plucks really fast and hard you know and in order to make the, the solo really exciting and it is because all of Paul's solos I think are great and they're great in a different way than George's are great um, because it's so much in, in such a little time mm-hmm. that you can't help but be just you know, extremely just captivated by it the entire time. The thing, though, that happens when you let Paul play lead guitar on a track that's, a, you know, a minute long or even like Miss America, which is four minutes, when it's just like the entire instrumental mm-hmm. is led by the lead guitar, he's he's using all these flourishes and like kind of unexpected little motifs that aren't necessarily following any melodic idea a mm-hmm. lot of the time. And if they are, it's almost like, an accidental melodic idea because it's just it's not as technically technically talented in my opinion as is george's solos are it, which uh I, i'm not gonna get too far into but 
but this feels like something he farted out. In yeah, an it does. It does. Yeah. It feels just like, you know, and I think when he got the chance to do that, like on Taxman, mm-hmm. it worked because it was, you know, 10 Use seconds. Sparingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing I'll, I'll give to this song as opposed to, we keep talking about it, Miss America. This is only a minute long, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and, it, and I, Usually that's not a pro in a in a song. Right. It is a pro in this case because I would not want this song really to go past a minute. And it, it, it's what makes me think this is a lead up into the next song. Yes, it yeah. isn't. I really think much it is on thing. purpose, and it's almost like the entire out al- the because all the songs have been extremely short so far. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be something is not that short. I think it's only two minutes though. It's it's it feels pretty short. Yeah, especially going from Lovely Linda to that would be something to this. I mean, we're still only like. Uh, five minutes less than five minutes into the record by the time we get to every night i mean he has these tent poles that kind of hold up this album and that are the ideas that are a little more fleshed out a little more fully formed Mm -hmm. um the ones that were recorded in the studio yeah and and he spreads those out on purpose yeah because he's trying to you know kind of make the album um, like supported by a few like really really strong studio recorded like pillar tracks, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of interludes and lead-ins from stuff he did at home, and which is just cool. Glimpses of ideas, yes, which I like, but it, they're not exactly fully formed. Which again, right. yeah, that's kind of charming, but also kind of boring at times. But there are he has these big moments that which hold are up the whole album. Great. Like, should we every talk night? Every night, yeah. Which, in my opinion, is the best song on this record. I, I agree. I it's my favorite. I love this yeah. song. And I think if there are the, you know, this this was not well received at the time, this album. Um, I don't think people yeah, liked it that shit much. On it. Yeah. They did. But I feel like the two that people always pull out are Every Night and Maybe I'm Amazed. Yeah. And it almost makes me think. You know what would happen if those songs weren't on this album? Yeah, they're they're almost a little distracting in the way that they're so much more yes. produced. Yeah, they, out they than the other things. sound so much shinier. They sound yeah. so much fully formed. They s- just sound better, and also the songwriting's better. He yeah. knew which songs were the best, and Paul always does. I I think he kind of always mm-hmm. knows which songs are the hits or which ones are um the best he's written or the, the the ones at least that people will resonate with the most mm-hmm. and he saved those to record in the studio and it's it almost makes me at morgan right he's, he recorded some of some of it at morgan and yeah. then overdubs it at emi at but i think road. these two every night and maybe i'm amazed were at happy road they were yeah i think and so and then yeah. teddy boy and junk were at morgan okay yeah I think. yeah yeah but it it almost makes me maybe not wish but I, I'd be curious to hear what these two songs sounded yeah. like in a more kind of stripped down way. Imagine if it was a Paul, if it was a McCartney. I mean, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't make sense in 1970. But nowadays, mm-hmm. if there was a McCartney EP and it had right. Every Night, Junk, Teddy Boy, Maybe I'm Amazed. You See, know? but I, what is that? That's a yeah, whole different thing. It That's, is. That and is I, not, not McCartney one right. necessarily. When I think of McCartney one, I think of doopa doopa cha, you mm-hmm. know, these little moments. and the la 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 la. You know, I don't necessarily. I that's what I think the vibe of the album is. Of course, like I do I think, think of every night, that. but I I don't necessarily think of those as necessarily capturing the entire picture of this album. I think really what this album feels like it's about is those at-home tracks, mm-hmm. which is funny because, yeah, those at-home tracks 
are objectively like weaker than the other ones, but th- that's the charm. That's that's, that's the entire the that's some of the about. appeal of this entire album. And I, I'm shitting on some of these tracks as being boring and stuff, but I I do love this. I love this record, and and it's mm-hmm. that's even though they're kind of boring at times and they kind of go on too long. That's one of the reasons it's nice to just have it in the background. You know, it's almost not unfair get to take some of these at face value. Yeah, because they really are part of a larger idea. Yeah, and it. it 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 makes me think, you know, when I listen to this album, I'm not really paying attention to what I have a really hard time with the titles of these songs, yeah. like Valentine's Day. I'm just like, what what the fuck is that song again? <laughs> because I I just let the album go and yeah, I'm not and, really paying yeah. attention to when it stops or when it's a different song really. Yeah. And I think it's almost distracting how much you do notice it when it's this when they're and, the amazing songs. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so because it almost like it lets you have these ideas bounce around in your head and sort of go from one thing to the next in sort of a stream of consciousness mm-hmm. way. Um, and yeah, even though Valentine's Day is not something I love, it it's something that you know bounces around in your head and you don't really look yeah. at. And it's as and its own thing. And it's just building up to every night. Which can we talk about? Yeah, how every night is the what the entire song's about. It does kind of sum up where he's at in his life. This yeah. Time. Um, yeah. It, because well, yeah, every morning he just wants to stay in bed. Every night he wants to go out and distract himself, but he, you know he's letting himself kind of fall into Linda's arms, mm-hmm. and, le- and he just wants to really soak up everything that she has with him and they have together, and her daughter and th- their new child coming. Yeah, which and I mean on the gatefold of this right, or, uh, right, or the, on the back of this album, he's holding her in his jacket. Baby One of Mary. The best pictures ever, yeah. Um, I love all of Linda's pictures at this time. On this, yeah. Um, I should, just, why don't I have the vinyl? I have the vinyl. I don't even have it in here with us. Yeah, I have it at home. But I have an, uh, you know, I have an I have original beat pressing up copy. Of it. I have a That's 1970. I have a very pressing. shitty You know what, Jack? You distract the viewers for a second. I'm going to go grab it. Okay. Maybe we, we, <laughs> might, we might end up cutting a little bit this out. Ties back with with the album so that we can admire it and look at it. Wow. Let's open this up. Look at all these pictures. I mean, the video for Maybe I'm Amazed. I don't have you seen it? I don't I mean maybe like once a while ago, but it's, I, I can't it's, think it's, of it. It's it's just a collage of pictures. Oh, okay. Um that I Linda probably took. have seen it. I just don't remember. Um But I think this album is significant because it's the first is it the first Beatles related album that doesn't have somebody's face on it? I think I I think it is Beatles related, like including them. Here's the White Album. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, oh. of course. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh. <laughs> anyway, you're embarrassed. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh my fuck my life. This. Why am oh, I why hosting am I doing this, this fucking show? Um, I think it's cute and awesome. I want to point out on the back of this record it says instrument and vo- instruments and voices by Paul. Photos and Harmonies by Linda. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which we should talk about. That is the one exception. A very awesome, lovely exception is that Linda has some harmonies. On yeah. Her, on is she on Every Night? No, I don't think no, so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I know she's on um, Man We Was Lonely and Uyu, I believe. Yeah. And some Teddy Boy, I think. I think. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Email us at our future email. 
<laughs> we'll never give out. But no, it's a it's a and I mean the the look uh, of this album speaks to the vibe, which is he, you know, familial bliss. Yeah. Um, the starting of a fam- it's like a family photo album when you open this yeah, when yeah. you open the, the bifold. Um, but yes. every night, do you have anything more every to say? Night. I, it's, I mean, um, it's the, the guitar, one. the catchiest one. The guitar work is probably the best on the entire album, other than maybe the solo one. Maybe I'm amazed, but um, yeah, it's so catchy. It's so melodically pleasing. It's everything mm-hmm. Paul McCartney is about, mm-hmm. and I think this song is what people are expecting from him. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of expecting an entire album of songs like Every Night. Um, well, and I think it's so impressive that he doesn't need words or anything he can just go ooh yeah and come up with an incredibly melodious um but it just warms your heart you just you can tell that this the love that he has for linda is just so genuine when you listen to this song Mm -hmm. there's something about it that i don't know and it's not to say that it's any better than any of the love songs that he he's written in the early beatle days like and i love her here there and everywhere whatever the guy is good what He's can good, I say? but the guy's good. It does have a, a certain form, like it's a little more genuine. I I don't know. It's like you can tell that it's really it's he really means it. You it's know? it's very intimate, which is is different for Paul McCartney because a lot of the songs that we've heard from him in the Beatles have been you know contrived, um, like Pete, like Eleanor Rigby or. Yeah, oh, this one is, dot, where he's creating characters like Maxwell, you right. know, and it's he, explicitly biographical. Yeah, this this whole album, and, I mean, it's called McCartney, and of course, you, know? you would always expect that from John, but from Paul, you don't you, you don't expect that always, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's really cool. Yeah, an entire album of that, and this album lyrically, he doesn't really rely on solid constructions. Really, it's it's a little bit more. I've already said stream of consciousness, but the lyrics don't feel as tightly constructed as yeah. his songs usually do. Yeah, I don't think he edited them that much. I, I think, think he kind of got them down and then he he went with them. The two exceptions to that, to me, are Junk and Teddy Boy, yeah. which are the two that were written... Before. Right. Yeah. Um, Junk was written during the time of the... While they were in India, and originally going to be on the White Album. It was cut, and then Teddy Boy, I think, was written during the time of the Get Back Sessions, because we see it in the Get Back documentary, him, him playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about Hottest Sun? Hottest Sun, the best instrumental by far. Um, this slash instrumental glasses. that yeah, slash glasses. The, the instrumental that I can immediately um, actually think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, not I can kind of think of Miss America, and but it, honestly, I yeah, like know. what you were saying. It's like, uh, wait, yeah, the Hottest Sun. It's this so catchy. It's so yeah. groovy. Um, and then it fades into its an experimental section, which is I love it. it. I don't necessarily expect. Yeah, um, Paul to do. Did you know um, "Hottest Sun" I read was based on a Polynesian um, style melody? Um, what the fuck I didn't is, know that yeah. the first time we did this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but I you do remember you <laughs> saying that the last, last time episode. we talked about this. Our so, lost weekend, yeah. Our <laughs> last, <laughs> but I'm gonna act. Yeah, no, I uh, that's you a, didn't know that's that. Really oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I said the first time. Yeah. Oh wow, cool! I don't know what Polynesian music sounds. Like. Um. Oh, cool. Anyway, yeah. Gonna, that it's great. I love the guitar. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. It's it sounds like like a Paul song just without words. And I don't think necessarily the other instrumentals do sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the transition to glasses is so mm-hmm. stark and yeah. a little unsettling. Yeah. It's weird. And it fades into junk perfectly, which is well, such a beautiful speak on glasses yeah. though, because I, I wanna stick up for that one. That is a truly out of left field 
weird take from Paul. Yeah. On this. Yeah. No, it's um, it's it's borderline like Revolution ninety. I was gonna say Even, it feels like Paul something knows John he, and Yoko yes, would do. He yeah. keeps it only like twenty seconds though. Okay. Right. Which he doesn't go too far. Do you think he? I mean, I don't know. Am I reaching and thinking maybe he's trying he's, to communicate something proving. to them or something like that? Uh, you know, I think when we talked about this the last time, I think I was yeah, I was kind of on that you side saying that <laughs> because I remember I was, you saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I was on that side of thinking maybe he's doing this on purpose. To mm-hmm. I don't even know if he is, you know. And if he is, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just subconscious. Maybe he's kind of like I can be experimental too. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he is. I think maybe it he could just, just be. He just wants to do it. I found a weird sound. Let's just throw it in. Yeah, he's yeah. like that's pleasant. You know, or at least interesting. Maybe it is inspired um, by John and Yoko's experimental nature at this time, um, and then doing Revolution Nine, and you know. But I think his general attitude is like, "Fuck it, let's just throw it in." Yeah, Which that's the is not album. what it what his attitude was for the Beatles. No, right. No. And I think that speaks to him trying to break yeah. away from that. Yeah, and be rebellious towards I think uh, what people's expectations of him are. This and this time. song ends with a snip of. Suicide, the song Suicide, yeah, which he wrote for yeah, Frank which you can listen to um, on the expanded edition on Spotify and stuff. And w- it's outtake. interesting listening to that full version, yes, because, because he you can't chooses hear the words in the in glasses. Yeah, he chooses a very specific section where it sounds like he's just saying gibberish. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound and, like and he's even I saying love anything. How it cuts in. There's no fade in, or there's no like. Um, musical buildup or anything it's just like a tape cuts in and you're about yeah and it's it's so it it's the same thing i was talking about how the 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 bond goes cut in on lovely linda it's it's part of the charm and it's why you know i have such a hard time with the the titles of these songs because it, it's arbitrary there's yeah. no reason why that should be called that and this is a different thing yeah it's it flows very Weirdly, yeah. but that's the point of it. Yeah, and it's very flows shady. nicely into perhaps the most beautiful song on this album. Maybe I don't know. The most soothing to me. It's on. It's been on a lot of my super mellow sleep playlist over the years. Junk. Which the first time we recorded this episode, I I, I don't know. I still don't love it. I didn't shit on it. <laughs> you um, didn't take a giant shit on it. Although I do recall me saying this is the worst song ever written. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But I just, just I kidding. didn't love it. I, I still don't love it. Um, I don't know. I, I, just, don't, I don't get it. But actually, you sent me a John Denver cover of this. Yeah, I did. And yeah. it actually made me. I I I, I kind of connected with his yeah. version more for whatever reason. Also, I I had found for the first time a John Denver cover of Mother Nature's Son. Oh And yeah. it made so much sense. It kind of like it sounds like a John Denver song when you listen to it. But he does it such a good cover. I'm not I'm not of, really of a that Denver and scholar, junk. so I can't really speak to his. I'm not either. Yeah. But you know. The recommended radio on Spotify really can be nice sometimes. We're not going to pretend to know everything about John Denver. We don't know anything about everything. We d- we know everything about Paul McCartney. Sometimes. I, I ne- Ask any question. Name any fact. I'll be able to say it. Um, What's his middle name? Paul. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> his first name reason. is James. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew that because I know everything. You know everything. What are we talking? What are we talking what about? Did, we, oh, need junk. To, we need to go on. We're this d- is, we, can't, we don't want to have another what? lost episode. How much? How many? How much? How how long have we been talking? Not not terribly long, I think. Probably get cut this out too. <laughs> Forty two minutes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Do you have anything else? Talk about, about junk. junk. Yeah, um, you I like think, this song. Talk. I about love it. it. I think it's. Um, I think when you know that it's from the time of when they were in India, it you can kind of tell. I think it's very similar to the song "I Will" off the White Album. Um, but I, I just I think it's lovely. I think it's just a, one of Paul McCartney's um, most beautifully soothing melodies. I know that's kind of a big statement to make, but. I really, I mean, yeah, there's not much really to say. I mean, the, the melody is just, is the the star here. The melody is probably the most wonderful melody on this record, in my wow. opinion. Wow, wow. I, I like the song. I have nothing against the song. I think it's pleasant. I just, I, I don't and know. And I think that's, it, it I think that's why I that it comes back. It comes back later. That's true. He obviously connects or finds a lot of value in this. Yes. Yeah. Um, it and makes you wonder why it was cut from the White Album, too. Yeah, I mean they had to they didn't make a lot yeah. of choices on that one, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. They included a lot of stuff. But it's on the it's it's on the Escher demos. They were they they made a demo is of it, it at George's house. I mean, this is the it. one I mentioned it earlier. This is one of the two that feel more formally constructed. Yes. Uh, and they feel more Paul McCartney or at least not at least what we what the fans expected at this time. Mm-hmm. They feel more fully formed and um like like songs he would put on Beatles records, really. Is what it's I'm not saying. one that isn't or it's not one that is explicitly biographical yeah. about his life and no, about his family. I, I don't really think it is biographical, honestly. I, I read some take about this where it was like, this is about the breakup of the Beatles and bye-bye so John and George wanting to do he something He wrote it different. in 1968. So it's right, just, it's it, which I don't know. I, yeah, I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it. I don't believe that. I don't buy it like this sign is imploring me to do in the song Junk by Paul McCartney. Going into... Um, one of my favorite songs, also on the album, maybe my top three. Um, Man, we was lonely. I like this song which, a lot. Yeah, what an awesome title for a song. Man, we is, was lonely. This definitely has Linda on it. This is yes, a very this, memorable Linda part. Yes, very um, a good introduction into what we will hear from here in the future. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Last song on side A. Um, a wonderful banger to end on. Um, I mean, I think this is the sweetest. Yeah, song about about domesticity. Yes. Yeah, it is, and somehow it, it it is sweeter than just a little bit, just a little bit sweeter than every night. Even though every night, yeah, is very genuinely sweet. But this one does have. I think this one has a little more charm to it, though. The 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 let me lay with my love for a while. Yeah. That whole part is is yes really. And uh, this yeah, this was done on the last day of recording for this record. Um, I believe also in in Abbey Road, it was done on the same day. Right, maybe I'm amazed okay. was. And, and uh, I think it's very interesting that this was done on the on the last day because it, it makes a lot of sense because I think it does feel almost kind of like a closing statement on what at least mm-hmm. if he's trying to say anything on this record, which I'm not even sure if he is. Um, what he is trying to say is kind of just leave me alone. You know, my heart's broken. Mm-hmm. My band is kind of um, aba- not, a, not necessarily abandoned, but they've told me they don't want to, you know, be together anymore. I'm heartbroken. I don't know what to do. Just leave me alone. And I think he's telling that to the fans, kind of, and the critics, too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like, even though this album hasn't come out, he hasn't got the reviews that it's gotten, it makes even more sense that it did get the the feedback and reviews that it did. You have to when imagine you to song. that he knows it's going to, right? Yeah, you, he, you, he does. He, he knows. wouldn't include he knows. glasses. No, yeah. And, and he wouldn't include people are gonna love yeah, Valentine's Day and Mama Miss America. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. 
He Although, knows. to be fair, he's taken a lot of risks and it's paid off before. So maybe, maybe he maybe, was like, yeah. But I, I don't think I, so. Yeah, I think he's I think he's cons- not so concerned with that. Yeah. He's concerned about family. And now I am home, like yeah. he says on this song. And I mean, y- y- during the Lost episode, I really went off on this part. I'm gonna kind of keep it short. The and sweet. fabled Lost episode. <laughs> but I really do think that this. this song has the thesis statement of the record. Yeah, in that part us. where it's. I used to ride on my fast city lines singing songs that I thought were mine alone. That it that to me just is complete Beatles. He's talking about the Beatles. He's talking about the fact that he was in the biggest band of all time. And and then he says, Let me lie with my love for the time I'm home. Mm-hmm. And then he's saying, I I had my had my day, I had my spotlight. I can't take it anymore. I'm heartbroken. Just let me be with Linda, please. Mm-hmm. Is is what I really think, and that, I, that's what I think. If this album is about anything, that's what it is. But you know, in in pure Paul McCartney fashion, um, he's kind of uncomfortable with vulnerability, and so he kind of he wedges it into this kind of um, overtly silly, you know, song. Man, we was lonely, and you know, he, and, does, he does. Yeah, and him and Linda are singing it in a they kind of a, a funny, funny way. Voice, yeah. yeah funny folky way that's just so charming and cute and lovely but you know he's putting this really i think serious emotional text in the the middle of it well and i think that part let me lie with my love for a while that whole uh, part of the song he kind of drops the voice a little bit yeah and he gets a little more serious and intimate Uh, yeah um yeah i love that song shall we even repeats it later yeah shall we flip the record and talk about the secret banger of the album yeah Uyu, secret banger yeah and kind he, of an yeah, underdog a great way to open side b mind. too yeah yeah great opener side b it, this one is a walking down the street song to me this is like you're strutting down the street this is definitely i think it shows his love for early rock and roll i think too yeah it's it's part Mon of guitar. the walking down the street canon yeah of, of such great um Entries of old. I just love when he's see. That's when that that bending thing comes back, and it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite examples of him as a one man band. Yeah, um, it it feels his his sound as a band of himself is small, but precise. He's a precise player. He knows where everything goes. Yeah. Oh man. Pardon me. Burp, um, cough. What is it? Who will say? It? I, I, I do not. I do not wish to disclose that at this point. <laughs> cut this. Cut this. <laughs> please, please. I can't let this. You get win. Out. You win. <laughs> um, but the lyrics on this one really are. I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah. I don't want to belabor it, but yeah, they're just for the song. Song for the song. Nonsensical. Yeah. It reminds me. I don't know if this was intentional or not. It reminds me of the song "Just Like a Woman" by. Bob Dylan, yeah. on blonde and blonde. Um, talk like a woman. Yeah. You know, talk like a baby. Gabba yeah. gabba. I love the his gabba, baby gabba, 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 gabba. Yeah, it's so awesome. It's uh, it's. Weird yeah, I don't think cool. the lyrics. I think the lyrics are just kind of him being funny to yeah. Linda, in a in a very lovely, cute way, in a charming way. Yeah. Uh, and I, honestly, I don't really think there's much more to digest other yeah. than that this track is just a banger. It's a banger. It's a good way to open side B. Unlike. Uh, Unlike Mama what Miss it goes America. into, yeah. Mama Miss America, um, which uh, pro- we've we've already shit on a lot on this on, episode. We, the whole time, <laughs> from, from from the very beginning, one, we were, 
Yeah. Sorry, Mama, Mama Miss America. America the reason it does is because me and Jack were listening to this album again right before. By the way, come on. Are, are you a patriotic person? We should be praising this song Ugh, because yeah. it's, you know, Miss America. Is, is, is that what Paul's doing? Lady Liberty. Um, but we were listening to this song, and it's like, we, I think before we're talking about how we, you know, um, this one's at least better than Valentine's Day. But we realized it's not because it's four goddamn minutes it's long. Four minutes. I, I literally. At least Valentine's Day is a minute. And I can think of the bands in Valentine's Day. I, I, I can't. I can't. I, right I honestly now, can't either. As we're talking about it, as soon it, as it I would, don't know it would which come one up, I would is. know. But exactly, I, it's like I don't even. Right don't now, know. as we're sitting and here, I've listened I don't to it know so many times. <laughs> yeah, so many times. I've listened to this album hundreds of times. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. Maybe is like, that an exaggeration, Kai? Mm, Please be honest with our audience. It's okay. Maybe it's like within fifty to seventy. Okay. Well, times. I'm glad I'm here to hold you accountable yeah it I don't probably want you to... is within fit. i'm sorry guys i'm really sorry about that and okay at least valentine's day is leading up into every night this one i don't know if it, it yeah goes it just into goes teddy into teddy boy, boy. four minutes and, minute, and it's not minutes. i don't think it's an intro i don't think it is because no, it's four this, minutes yeah there's no it's not it's just like here it's just him jacking around excuse me <laughs> <laughs> goofing around it's just him Thank goofing you. around in Come his bedroom on. Okay. All okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy boy. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, not um, bad. I, I feel the same way about John. On the, one, the ones that are m- more well done in the studio, the ones that are more well put together, this is probably the least of those, the least amount of good of those. Not that it's it's still good. It's still yeah, catchy. It's, fine. it's still very, you know, Paul McCartney, a song that I could expect this. Like, if this was on... Like, I could have seen the Beatles do this during the Get Back Sessions, and it would have fit sure. on to Let It Be Naked, I think. Sure. Well enough. It's kind of similar to Two of Us, in my eyes, a little I bit. Think, I think Two of Us is way better. Than oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Two of Us is like four Teddy Boys combined. Sure. But but aesthetically, at yeah. least, yeah. they're they're It's similar. similar. And maybe that's just because he played them on similar days in Get Back. But Well, I, the, the thing I find most interesting about this song is he is approaching themes we've seen on this record like parenting yeah um like childhood in a sense yeah and um, yeah and, and something we talked about before is um yeah, whether or not him which it, i definitely isn't i don't know maybe is that the the mother in this scenario has found someone new and is no longer that interested in caring for teddy boy and it's like is that john yeah i don't know i think I that's looking yeah, into it too much but so. maybe you know, I don't think that's completely uh, yeah. out of the picture. Yeah. Well, I don't even. I'm not saying that the character, the mother, is John. You're but just I think, raising questions. I'm raising questions. I'm being a little rambunctious. You, you don't have all the answers. I don't have the answers, but I'm saying maybe just that whole uh, feeling in general, like the feeling of kind of uh, mm-hmm. just feeling replaced. Well, that's what I mean. I think a lot of these themes, parenthood, childhood, abandonment, that he's explored on this album already. Um, he talks about those, but through a different angle, um, not so biographically, but he's still exploring these through the lens of something else. And I think that's yeah. probably the most interesting about this song to me. Yeah. And it's catchy and it's soothing. Yeah. I, 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 I don't really care for it. I don't, that's fine. I could take it or leave it. That's fine. Really and you know what? I'm not even offended by you not liking it. I, I won't defend it. Wind of vocals on this one too. Yeah. Some harmonies. Um, I think the way it ends is kind of, th- there's like that huge pause pause and then it's like blah, blah, blah. 
I, I don't, don't like it. The, time. the ending, I, I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, move on. I'll take your word for it. Hey, so we can move it on. Sing along junk. It's nice. Yeah. It comes back. It does feel a little bit like a reprise. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is partially, Paul wants to make Indicative this an anti-Abbey yeah. Road album in a way. But he can't help. But, yeah. yeah, he can't help himself. He has these tendencies that he goes back to. He can't to. help it. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> Not have a little... He's trying to make it like an overall project. Come on, guys. (laughs) Give me my sing-along joke. I put the experimental part at the end of one of my instrumentals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Anyways, it's good. I like that he chose the piano to do the the melody. It's a weird move from him, and I think it helps this album stay together as a cohesive yes, piece. Yes, and I do think this least. is another example of a good intro into one of the stellar right, tracks. Right, right. Good intro into Maybe I'm Amazed, which I think um, most people out there would deem the, the best track on here. And it's, it's great. Definitely it's the definitely most one of the best. Culturally remembered. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and of his entire discography, yeah. this is one of his, the most remembered tracks he's released. How many other fucking Paul McCartney songs has... James Corden done parodies of. James Gordon? James Corden. Corden? Yeah. With a C? Yeah, James Corden, the the late night host. Carpool it, karaoke. It's Gordon, isn't no, it? No, it... Je, what? <laughs> you think it's James Gordon? What? It's Corden? Yeah. You thought it was James Gordon? Yes. I'm looking it up. Oh my, you are going to be so fucking embarrassed. You're what? going to have to issue a public apology. Well, yeah, James Gordon is the is um in Batman. Oh yeah, the commish, the commish. It's Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I Jesus. I'll be. I'm I'm not even making this up right now. I you, I had no idea. You, Actually, I had no idea. Wow. I thought you were literally pronouncing it wrong. You thought his name. He's was He's done James a parody Gordon. of it. Yeah. When? I don't even want to talk about it. We we we're that already spending too puke. much time on James Corden. Fuck that guy. We shouldn't be Fuck talking that about guy. James you know you, that whole. St- Story came out about how he's he's mean to the yeah. waiters and waitresses. It's always the people who James. Are so if you're nice listening to this, be better. But also, you're better. Feel you're free stronger. to come on the show. Give us your opinions on Paul McCartney. No, don't feel free to come. You're not welcome in my apartment. Actually, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're not welcome in my apartment. There's a list of people we'll never have on this show. And yeah. James Corden, you're on you're the number list. Fucking one. With you're the on bullet, the list, my friend. Yeah. Not Whoa. with the bullet. Whoa, I just mean right. that metaphorically. <laughs> He's number one. We're talking too much about James Corden. I don't want to do this. Maybe I'm amazed. The piano. Yeah. Classic for one Paul, of Paul songwriting ballad piano. Yeah. It feels. It does feel similar to the piano on Let It Be, in my opinion. Really? I mean, it is kind of hard to talk about this song yeah. because it, it is so um, permeating in, yes, in popular culture. it is. And, and I think we're going to have trouble with this going forward in the podcast, tackling these huge ones. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we've got, we've got, I don't really know what to say about this. I think it's, it's great. I've it's known great this song. since I was a yeah. kid. Um, I honestly can't really remember a time when I didn't know this song. It, it does become a little distracting from the rest of the album. I mentioned this it with does, every night. Because it's so triumphant. It's like, this is what you would expect from Paul. You would He's expect firing an album of these every nights and maybe I'm amazed. And, it's the one time he uses like what I think of as his rock and roll voice. I say yeah. that in quotes. Um, he never gets to that level on the rest of the album. It's no. very understated, yeah. very intimate. Yeah. This is the one time where he kind of rips, rips one. 
He rips it. Yeah, a big one. <laughs> but the lyrics are just, they're just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything we've been talking about. And it's got the same, about. yeah, it's got that same quality that I was talking about um, with Every Night and mm-hmm. Man We Was Lonely. The certain just uh, genuine love that you can tell that he feels for Linda is, is showed so beautifully in these songs, I think. And it's, it's a song that speaks to the two narratives of this album, his isolation and depression and also his comfort and yeah. love. Yeah. Um, it has all those things. Yeah. It's, it's he's a maybe, good song. He's maybe, hey. Yeah, he's amazed at the way he needs it. The guy's you know? good. What can I say? The guy, the guy knows how good. to write a song. He, you know what? Paul McCartney, he's pretty He's pretty good. This guy, not bad. He's pretty good. I put I put the experimental part at the end of my instrumental. Can I do the sing-along junk, please? <laughs> Who is he asking permission for, by the way? <laughs> uh, Come on, I man. I don't know. Just the public. That's the That's the Joe Biden response. Come on, man. Um, the guitar solo is great too. I mean, everything's great, but yeah. What what a song. Um, Crane Accord. I wish Crane it. Accord. I wish it ended it. I wish it, the record ended. It. Really, I I I I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, of I wish it ended with song. something else. I know, really, it's fine. It's not the worst on the album. It's definitely down there though. I like it. I like it because <laughs> it is fucking weird. It is weird. Um. It did you know this? I, I didn't bring this up the last time we talked about this. He was watching a documentary about like an Amazonian tribe called Crane Accore. I'm did not you sure bring if I'm this up. No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Right. I just found this out today. Oh, and this okay. song is lucky us. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm treating you to yeah. something you could look up on Google. Ooh. Um, no, but it's it's him trying to represent this tribe hunting or something. Oh. Um, but it is such a weird way to end this album. I love the, like, animal noises. That they <laughs> yeah, do. It's those are kind of cool. Funny. Those are kind of cool. Um, it's just such a out-of-left-field turn. And it I is, think it's... Which makes... I mean, it does capture the charm of this, this album, mm-hmm. I think, ending like this. Because... Yeah, okay, I don't want it to end with Maybe I'm Amazed. Because that's, you know, that's the conventional, what everybody expects. But, okay, imagine if it ended with Man We Was Lonely. That'd be kind of awesome. I'm 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 very pleased with, I, I, I'm a Korean Akore um, defender. Or what if it to, ended with Hottest Sun? That'd be kind of sick. That'd be kind of interesting. I don't know, but this has a weird, conclusive nature to it. It's pretty long compared to the other songs. It's got a lot of parts. There are parts, and we were trying to figure this out, that are from older songs that come back in this one. Um, And in that way, it kind of adds this homemade symphonic quality to the album. Yeah. Um, I think he did know this was the end. He was was kind of doing a little finale, you know? Yeah, and it has motifs that we've heard before. Um, It's... It's, it's fine. a weird way to. It's fine. I, I have to respect him for doing it. You yeah, know? I have to respect yeah. him. He's definitely he's trying. <laughs> he's, I, I he's, like it. He's trying to be rebellious. I think at this yeah. point you can kind of tell. And it's it's brave to end it like this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Maybe brave is a too strong word. Yeah. but it's and it's I just weird. I I wonder if the other members of the Beatles at this time listened all the way through. Do you think they did? I think so. I think George made a statement where he said something to the effect of like every night and maybe I'm amazed are the only usable ones on there. He said something like that where he can be, he can be fucking vicious. Nasty. Yeah, Yeah. he, he can, but, um, I don't, I don't know. He, I think he's the only one that said anything about it. 
Yeah. I wonder what John thought. I wonder if he liked it and the way that it was done. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, any... um. Yeah, what are, what are our let's, final Let's thoughts. wrap up this podcast like a little present. Yeah, and give it out to the world, and the world is going to be yeah, so Yeah, you're about to get a big-ass present, yeah. guys. <laughs> Did Christmas come early? If you Honestly, guys have been listening might... this entire time, I just I just want to give you a hug, a little kiss on the bottom. Hey, Paul McCartney. Reference. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are your final thoughts? What do you think of this album? Um, it's It's definitely a really interesting, fun, and cool way to start start off Paul McCartney's career outside of yeah. the Beatles. I think it's um I don't know. I that's what I think of when I think of this record. I think of I think of it as a beginning, a start. Yeah, it's which a bridge. Is so it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a bridge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so it's so funny to compare the beginning of the Beatles like comparing like this to please please me. It's true. It's yeah. like a funny thing to do. Um because uh, it's how can you start a career when you've been in the most successful, not only band, but just like uh, um, product of pop culture right. ever? Like, like how do you how do you start anything? Where you know? where at a certain point you're more of an icon than yeah. A person. How do you, you know? It's impossible to have a an amazing debut record. Almost. <clears throat> Sorry, George. You, you you actually did, but right. But this is <laughs> this is a bridge to you know. Like you say, I think he starts operating on yeah. an Abbey Road and, level and, and, in the next. Yeah, album. I don't want to get too far into other things. Right. But I think it's one thing that I talked about in the last episode that I do want to touch on mm-hmm. is the fact that the entire Beatles career, I believe that Paul was kind of rising almost the in, their entire discography mm. from the very beginning. Um, he's kind of becoming more knowledgeable on um, his, his own skill set. Um, on a theory level, too. on yeah, uh, in his musicality, his mm-hmm. songwriting, his even his his as a vocalist, as a bass player, mm-hmm. as a musician, um, and by this time, like he's already he's already peaked almost. It seems like you would you would think, or it, like if he hadn't done anything else, right, he would right. still be one of the gr- the greatest musicians to ever live. That's true. That's true. So it's like, where, where do, do you, you go? go? Yeah. And it's it's different when you look at George though because like he hasn't Paul, had that chance. No, he hasn't had the chance to do mm-hmm. everything that Paul has has done. He had no songwriting partner. He had no chance to um, get all of his bad songs out. Mm-hmm. He, the first songs he ever wrote were within the best band of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't had the chance to peak <laughs> like like Paul has. Right, and and not to say that Paul doesn't still rise after this. Right, but, you know he's already he's already like reached an. A, an insane amount. And he follows different avenues. And in a way that John feels like it spends his career deconstructing his image. Yeah. And then he, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I feel like he ends up having his McCartney one at the very end of his career with double fantasy. Yeah. kind of. Um, And so he's kind of working his way to this kind of state of mind almost. Yeah. Um, I think John, he still has something to prove, you know? Right. He still has a lot to say. Paul doesn't have anything to say. And he wants to actively. Yes. Deconstruct. And also John is is trying to be, you know, an activist at the same time. He's trying Mm -hmm. to be a a musician Mm -hmm. and Paul doesn't, he has no interest in that. And he, Mm -hmm. he has no need to say um, anything in my opinion, he just, he's just, he wants, he wants to be a musician. He wants to make music. He wants to write songs. And as a guy who operates 
to me, it seems like he operates in um, terms of bands. I think he thinks that way a lot. Mm-hmm. The Beatles with Wings. This is an interesting look at yeah, a little what he's in between. Like without that. Yeah, yeah, um, and and seeing what is in his head at this point. So yeah, good good album. A little uneven, but that's next. You know, it's a charming. Next up, we're gonna be discussing uh, Be Be Bo- Bocuse Blues. Bocuse Blues. Bocuse and then blues. we got a really really interesting string of solo albums post breakup. Yeah, we've got really some knock your socks off, man. But Ooh. first, stay tuned for. Our next Bocuse episode, Blues. Bocuse of Blues. And Paul McCartney's next solo album, Ram. Yeah. So thank oh, you for listening. Uh, this has been Pods. Tune in. Casting. Next week All we, of oh, them. Thanks to Michael John for our artwork, by the way. Yeah, he Beautiful just finished artwork. it. Yeah, at the time of this recording. Yeah, and also um, we're going to be making an Instagram. Yeah, so. I just decided that on air. Yeah. We were talking about it, but honestly. By the time we this need comes this out, because in case be... we have anybody asking questions, we can be like DM us. Yeah, that's true. So okay, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. I'll I'll, I'll add in something. Um, enjoy now and then, um, and enjoy the new Red and Blue remixes because they just came out today. At the time As of, of recording this, recording, yeah. yeah. We'll probably be okay. Out like we love you, um, Linda. You're lovely. Thank you, thank you for everything you did, and Paul, thank you for making our lives lovelier with. Okay. That guy's good. That Bye. guy's good.